Welcome everyone to the first episode of the Full Measures Podcast. Uh, I'm your host. A lot of you guys know me in my factual opinion. You guys know me as Ricardo. Here as my co-host is Badgie Boy TV. We, you can call him Wyatt. You can call him Badgie. Um, he's a huge Breaking Bad fan, just like me. Huge Breaking Bad Universe fan, as you can see by his sick ass hat. Um, you know, I had the old podcast, and uh, we just couldn't make our schedules work. But I still wanted a podcast because it's a lot of fun. And I thought, why not do it with Wyatt? He is a huge television nerd like me. So we kind of sync up, sync up on that. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun podcasting, man. It's a lot of fun to kind of talk back and forth with people. So that's why I wanted to keep it going. So, uh, you know, Badgie, if you want to just, you know, let people know like about you or anything, you know, feel free. Oh yeah, Badgie Boy TV on all platforms. Check it out. I'm hyped for this podcast. Watch a lot of TV, and that's that's about all it is. So yeah, um, you know what you can expect is for sure we're gonna cover we're gonna try to cover all the biggest shows out, and we're you know the goal is to just put out an episode once a week, but here and there we'll do episodes within the week of certain shows if we have the time. Um, and we're going to start watching and reviewing every episode of the Breaking Bad Universe. So starting with this episode, we're going to do the first pilot, which is Uno. And, uh, so look forward to that for those of you who are big fans like us. So we'll be breaking it down, giving our thoughts and all that. So, yeah. So, uh, all right, let's dude, start. So many shows ending, man. I know, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, haven't even watched Ted Lasso yet, but let's start with I, Barry. I know, yeah. Okay, so for you, Barry, you you uh, you're late to the party. With well, you got to witness it, and like the rest of us, yeah. But you were yeah. late to the party, right? So what yeah, was... I started in season two when, season and I was able to watch season. Out? Yeah, no, no, right after like season two had fully aired, that's when I started, and then I watched through season three and season four. So and um. Before we talk about, you know, the finale and the final season, give me just your overall thoughts, at least on the first three seasons of Barry. Like, what are your impressions? I really enjoyed the first three seasons. And to be honest, it makes, I don't know, season four felt kind of underwhelming compared to the rest. Yeah. yeah you know? It, it has its moments. I think season four might have had some of the highest peaks, but some of the lowest lows. Like, yeah. You know, okay, let's let's talk about the finale, then we'll talk about this you know, the season as a whole and the show as a whole. So what were your thoughts on the finale? I thought the finale was great. Is there it, any flaws? It was like I I couldn't find any flaws in the finale now. I, I liked what they did. You know, everybody wanted action, they wanted him to go out, John Wick, which that's not always necessary it's a big middle you finger know. when you think about it because yeah. the episode before the way they tease bury him huffing and puffing you see his mm -hmm. fucking sides flare up like he's fucking about to burst yeah. in anger and then it's like a it's horror like, movie and then it opens with him like doing that and like yeah oh fuck like even i was like bro like, i was like dude like hank and his entire bloodline are about to get fucking wiped off like the face of the earth and my whole prediction was gone with, yeah. Like, I I thought he was going to go in there and kill everyone, you know, and like, Fugue was going to forgive him or something. Like he did in season two? Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on some of the criticisms that people have been giving the, the finale? Like, some people said it's rushed. Um, yeah, let me see. 
but yeah, some people said it's rushed and like they're just a lot of people are very unhappy with it. But I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't see how it's. I don't see it being like. I don't think it's rushed. I don't see that. You know, I think the finale. It's just a lot of people, like I said, they wanted it to be a big shootout, an action movie, but like. It's not necessary. Like, think of Better Call Saul season one was as action packed as Breaking Bad was. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked, no. no. The thing about the violence and Barry is that it's always been used to kind of prove a point. It's never been the point. Like, the way that Barry has used violence, it's it's just it's not flashy. It's not over the top. It's just raw violence. People die. There's no fuss. There's no yeah. glamour to dying. Not everybody goes out like Walter and Felina, you know, mm-hmm. or, or fucking John Marston and Red Dead One. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like death isn't like that. Death is death. You, no. you die. Yeah. What they did, I think, was through the entire series, Barry was forced to kill by Fugues. In the end, Fugues saved him from that. Yeah. So some of the things people have been saying is, well, they're underwhelmed. They wanted Barry more involved in the final episode. They hated how he died. Uh, even before that, they wanted a scene with him and Gene. And some other people were saying, like, it was rushed and some other stuff. Now, I do think season four was rushed, but I don't think the finale was rushed. Um, I definitely wasn't underwhelmed by, by the finale. Barry being more involved in the final episode, like, a lot of people say they sidelined him, but I think that... That's not how I look at it because Barry's impact was all over the final season. Literally everything that's yeah. happening is because of Barry, because of the fear that people have in him, um, his actions. Everything that Barry has done has led to the finale. While we, he may not be directly pushing the plot forward, he is the reason that the plot is moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like He caused all of these stories. Yeah, yeah. And they're all kind of ending because of him. Like, yep. Maybe Hater didn't have as much screen time, and that's kind of that's kind of an issue with the whole season. Is like, like Barry wasn't at, he didn't have as much screen time as I would have liked. But maybe it's because Hater is just it's a lot of work to direct, to write, to star, to produce. Oh, yeah. Maybe he wanted to take a backseat and explore Hank more, explore Fuchs more, Sally, even Jim Moss, like. It, it, it's a tough balancing act, but I think overall he did pull it off. But yeah, I think he did good. So his death scene, <laughs> I think we all. I don't know. know. Yeah, it it was a little. Okay, I will be honest. It was a little underwhelming. The way he died, just like oh wow, it, it felt kind of comedic. But that's how you a know, lot of the death has been in the show, though. Yeah, that's true. And, like, a That's lot of true. his victims died like that. Like, it's just, yeah. like, like they are in the middle of a thought, and then Barry just pops them. Like, think back to the opening of season three where the, the that guy's digging the hole, and they're like, you know what, uh, actually, I don't want to do this. Um, you know, maybe we could just forget it, and then Barry just pops him. Yeah, there's like, no forgiving Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it's just, like, like, that's kind of the way the violence has been displayed, and... I think it's right in line with what Barry has shown us. Um, he went out like everybody else, you know. They yeah. didn't give him no special treatment. So I think one of the big messages or themes of Barry or questions is can people change? It's been asked time and time again. We've seen characters try to change time and time again. Barry, Fuchs, 
Gene, which I, Gene, and I think, and accepting who you are, right? And I think that's one of the big reasons that Gene ended up with the worst fate is because he could not change. I actually thought he yeah. had changed. Did you think he changed? I did, yeah. Like in the beginning of the season, like when he's there, he's he's saying, "Oh, I don't want this movie because I don't think it's I've showing been, death." Yeah. I don't think I've ever been so upset with a character. Like I felt like a like a parent who saw his kid steal from the store. Like I was so disappointed yeah. in Gene. The moment he heard uh Daniel Day Lewis is like, huh? And that whole scene, it's like, huh, you know, actually Mark Wahlberg, you know, he wants to play Berkman, but he doesn't want to play a villain. And the way he just switched well, you know, soul. you know, Barry was an empathetic soul, you know, he was looking which yeah. Which it is true, Barry was sympathetic, but to us, yeah. because we know what he's been through, he was sympathetic to a point, right? But people in that world don't yeah. know that. And it's just like the way he switched, because he really wanted this movie to get made. I was like, this fucking guy is a sick fuck. Like, I was so upset. Yeah. So in the end, Fuchs accepted who he was, and he changed, and he kind of he survived. Sally accepted who she was, you know, a terrible person, a terrible mother. And she, I don't want to say she got a happy ending, but she survived. Even in the very end, in his final moments, I think Barry changed. He yep. finally was going to do the right thing. And while he died, because you can't outrun your actions, he was yeah. rewarded in death. Where he yep. wanted to be the hero. He wanted to be known as the good guy in the eyes of his son. And in the very end, that's what he got. Yeah, that is, yep, that's what he got. And I think, like, yeah, in the end, like, he, he held it back for a little bit. He didn't want to accept yep. who he was this whole time. But God, then, God, God has, uh, what was it? God has, um, uh, saved me, right? Or spared me, right? Yeah. He was ready yeah. to die. He was ready to die to save mm -hmm. his boy. Um, but yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you're right. In the end, he finally recognized his wrongs and he he realized what he did to everybody around him and he was going to pay for it but just like in real life sometimes you you don't get a second chance or in Barry's case yep. like a 10th chance right like he had mm -hmm. accepted what he had done and he was willing to pay the consequences but you don't always get to make uh your wrongs right and he died for it and i think gene I thought Gene, I thought, okay, I knew Barry was going to do the right thing in the end. But uh, I, I'm not saying that I knew that from the beginning of, like, the season. I mean, in that, like, the moment Gene had the gun and Barry walked in the house, what I thought was going to happen is that Barry realized his wrongs and he was going to do the right thing, but that Gene was going to pop himself. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. Um, so I didn't expect Gene to do that. So there's no way in hell that... Gene couldn't hear Barry agreeing to turn himself in, but I think Gene's kind of like ego and anger towards Barry is what was his ultimate downfall. Because if he would have just waited, everything mm -hmm. would have he would have been free. Like he, you know, Barry <laughs> would have confessed to everything. But I think he just felt like his life was ruined at that point, and he's just like, you know, I'm just gonna take you with me. Yep, yep. And so uh, the movie also. The movie, Barry's son watching the movie, and at the end, that, like, smile. What did, what did you think about that? Like, what did you think that all meant to, to like, this, his son? 
I think his son sees his father as a hero. Yeah. Because, but he knows. He knows what actually happened in but, that building when... But I think like, that goes in line with, with what characters in Barry did to themselves the entire show. They're lying mm-hmm. to themselves. Because he, yeah. he got the truth from Sally, but he's... Like, Barry, in his mind, thinks he's a good person. But he knows he's doing so much bad shit, but which side does he choose to believe in? And his own delusions yeah. of being a good person or the bad person? And I think his son kind of did the same thing where... This is his father. This is the real Barry in his eyes. Yep. It's, he's getting what he wants. Basically. That's what he wants to see in his father. But, but I do think he Barry can. broke the cycle of violence, though, with his son. Like, I think his son's going to grow up to have a normal-ish life, right? Like, I think yeah. his son will be grow up to be, like, a well-adjusted kid. So, I think mm-hmm. overall his son got a happy ending. What do you think about Sally? Sally's ending. Sally's ending... It was it was interesting. I uh, her she's finally a good mother. She she can take care of her kid. I guess kind of, you know, but like I think, I think she might have changed from like who she was, that alcoholic like, insane. So I don't think that okay. I don't think the alcoholism was who she was. I think she was using that to cope. I think her character was always like this narcissistic, self-centered, self-absorbed mm-hmm. person. And I think in the end, like actually, I don't think Sally changed very much. I think the reason she was spared is because she admitted who she was. But if you remember, yeah. she asked, like her son tells her, I love you, mom. And instead of saying, I love you back, she's like, what do you think of the performance? Like she still wants, she still wants that, uh, what, what do you call it? Praise. She wants that praise. Yeah. She wants like she's still insecure. She's still self-centered. And I don't think she's a good mother. I think she's acting. Like I think she's found her passion through this role, which is being a mother. It's the ultimate role. She has to act every day. Yeah. Like I don't think she became a better person by the end of it, to be honest. I I think she she might be hiding it better. I see what you mean there, yeah. Now she, now that you say a, it, she's yeah. She's a great character. It, it, it's crazy that like that out of the serial killer and Barry, uh, the narcissistic piece of shit in Fuchs who uses the, the death of his girlfriend to for gain, Sally's like the most hated. I think Sally's yeah. probably like the most realistic kind of and down to earth, but it's just kind of like, you know, she's annoying. So she's a bitch. <laughs> but it's like, it's just kind of fucked up that she is the one who got a lot of hate. But um, uh, what you think of Fuchs, man? I got, I'll do Breaking Bad vibes, man. Felina vibes. Oh, final dude. stare down. Dude. It, it was the most obvious, like, like reference I've ever seen. He tackles the kid, holds him down, saving him from the bullets, like Walter White does to Jesse. Then that nod at the end, literally, that yeah. that was, that, I, I love that. That was, was funny. I do. Oh, we haven't even talked about no. Dude, we haven't even talked about the interaction with Noho Hank and Fuchs. Okay. Okay, so that was one of the clearest indicators of the themes of Barry, where Fuchs is like, I accept who I am. I know what I am. Yeah. And, you know, he wanted Hank to own up to what he did. And Mm -hmm. Hank couldn't accept what he had done. And that caused him him to die. Like, it's another one of those things. Like, he couldn't accept who he was. And I think him being this gangster was a facade the whole time right to hide his his grief for for uh mm-hmm. crystal ball and um 
I saw uh, something I, I mean, I don't know if it was obvious to you or maybe you thought about it, but I think Hank was really scarred by season three when he was locked up and he hears people getting torn to shreds by that tiger. I oh, think, yeah. I think that scarred him and that's what led to his actions in season four where he told Fuchs, I just wanted to be protected or feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that when you think back on Barry, I think that's been a big part of Hank's character where that's what his attraction was to Barry. And I don't mean attraction in like the, the sexual sense, right? He thought he felt like Barry was someone who could protect him. And that's why yeah. he wanted to bust Barry out of prison because he wanted Barry to protect him and Cristobal. Um, and I think that fear of, of or that wanting for protection is what caused him to betray Cristobal because he wanted to feel protected by his uh, mafia family. Yeah, uh, I think Noho Hank was born into the wrong group. Like, he wants to just be, like, a normal a normal guy. He's kind of like, you know, he's not like a hard ass. He's not like the rest of them, I gotta, you know. I gotta disagree. We, we love Hank. He's goofy and adorable. But, bro, he was an assassin. That's what he was. When we met, when we yeah. met him, like this guy has probably killed people. Um, but no, I, I get what you're saying. Like he's not like the rest of them, right? But at yeah. the end of the day, he kind of is, dude. He got the love of his life, killed it. it, it it's one of those things like watching Dexter or even like Walter White kill a criminal. It's like, yeah, you know, they're they're a criminal and they don't mean nothing to him. But the tides turn in how you feel about Walter or Dexter when he. Maybe not Dexter. I don't think he ever killed anybody innocent. But like when Walter let Jane die, right? Mm-hmm. You're like that was one of those moments where I was like, wow, like watching that, and I felt that way about Cristobal. Like, like that changed my outlook on Hank, where he let Cristobal die, or, or kind of sanctioned the hit, almost like yeah, he, he allowed it to happen. Yeah, I don't know, I, but that whole scene with Fuchs and, and Hank was just it was beautiful, man, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Hank's final moments, man? Like him reaching out for Cristobal. Was it a little too sappy, or you liked it? I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was cool. I, I it was. It was. I thought it was perfect. I, I liked it. What they did there. Yeah, he had a great ending, man. Um, and Fuchs too, man. And I like such great cinematography. He, you know, after him and uh, Barry have that, like, you know, that that acknowledgement. He runs back into the darkness. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, like it's just great little subtle moments like that where we don't know where Fuchs is going, but it's probably nowhere good. Like, yeah. He, did you ever think Fuchs? Like, did you believe Fuchs wanted to kill Barry? Were you of that mindset? Like, he he wants to kill him. He, I I don't think he he did. I, he never does. Yeah. You know, in the end, he always is like, uh, nah. I don't. I don't actually want to do Just this. Just like Walter and Jesse, man, dude. The parallels yeah. are there. And then I don't know if you saw an interview with Hater where he was talking about the time skip, but he took a lot of inspiration from Better Call Saul as well. Like you know, the Breaking Bad influences are are there all over the place. Like I love to see it, man. It, it, it's good yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah, it's a very good show. So finale ranking out of ten, what do you give it? The Barry finale. Um, I'd have to give it a nine. Yeah, I'm going to go a 9 as well because I guess this issue will be kind of an issue with Season 4. But so, you know, before I give my, like, or the reasoning for my 9 is because, okay, so 
obviously for me, some of the issues have been that is that the pacing has felt rushed this season. Like I know before, you know, 30 minute episodes, but I feel like it went by so much smoother and there was less coincidences in this one. One of my big issues here and an example of like rush pacing was Barry escaping Jim Moss's house. Um, yeah, Jim Moss literally is is like a mountain of a man. Mm-hmm. Incredibly high. He's like intellect. the Mike Trout of yeah. Barry. Incredibly high intellect. He understands the human psyche. He knows how to break people to the point where they'll kill themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. This guy. This guy's IQ and intellect is next level. So you're telling me that he left a serial killer tied up in his garage with only rope right next to a knife. I think it's, yep. it's one of those things called convenient storytelling where we need to get to the next episode. How are we going to get Barry out of, this, out of this situation? Well, I guess Jim Moss is just going to run off and there's a knife right there. So And he just happens to be in a chair that's like not bolted to the ground or right, anything. Dude, and, and, and it's like, like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, man, this is too easy. So this is one of the reasons I didn't talk about Barry until the finale because there was a... There was a theory going on that what if this is all in Barry's head or uh, we're watching the Barry Berkman biopic movie. And that would make sense. Like, oh, he it's a movie. This is why he got out so easily. But no, it wasn't. And Jim, Jim Moss is too smart to mm-hmm. do something like that. And another thing yeah. that didn't sit right with me is just how easily they were they wanted to pin everything on Gene. Like, there was no pushback. There was no uh, kind of struggle. It's just like, oh, yeah, Gene was behind it all. Like, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, like it, it was a little pushed how they how they just instantly accused Gene by like the little the slightest thing just because no, he's like, not oh, even accused. No, it's it, it yeah. was an, an accusation. It was you did it like, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Just because he said Barry was like a sympathetic soul. They instantly thought, "Oh no, no, no! It's it's Gene who did this," you know. And also, you know, I had a few problems with season four. Yeah, as go well. Ahead. I, I want to hear him. Go ahead. Um, okay. I don't know if you feel the same, but I think Fugues and Noho Hanks' rivalry just felt like out of nowhere. Like it was just there to <sighs> add action season four okay where did fuchs and and hank leave off in season three what what exactly fuchs got captured i don't think they were enemies and like at the end of season three i don't i, I might be i might be wrong though i don't know no but i don't I, think so. i i agree with you because okay like the payoff of, of their dynamic was great well, yeah. the reason their dynamic started in season four is kind of like it felt like it was put there to add action to the season four because Barry wasn't going around killing everybody anymore. So I think they added that to have the action that the other seasons had. Yeah, because now that you mention it, it's like why ex- you know why exactly did they strike up this kind of like rivalry, or why did Fuchs all of a sudden just want Hank? to admit these things about himself like what does Fuchs care yeah. you know yeah like it, it like the payoff of it was good right but mm-hmm. like kind of how we got there like I get that um so Hank r- was basically rewarding Fuchs for not ratting on him right I think that that's mm-hmm. how the relationship in season four 
started. Obviously, they already had a relationship prior, but in season yeah. four, that's how it started. It's like, you know, once you get out of jail, I'll take care of you. And then Fuchs was a yeah. big boss, and he wants Barry. And, you know, Hank doesn't know where he's at. And then I mm-hmm. guess... I guess it started with, um, with, you know, it started with Fuchs's comment about Cristobal. That felt natural and, like, to me. To be I think honest. it would have worked. I think like it would have worked, and it did work. But I feel like it would have worked better if they were rivals through the whole series, than they just suddenly in one minute become stone cold enemies, and they just want to kill each other. Like, I don't know. It just didn't work. No, you know what, dude? I got to give you some pushback on that. Because now that I think about it, you know, everybody's having a good time. uh, And Fuchs hit a sore spot when he brought up Chris how he said, you got him killed, right? And, 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 you know, Hank was still in denial. And I think Hank is the one who threw away the relationship after that, where he's like, get the fuck out of my house. I think that's how it started, which... (laughs) Yeah, but I don't you know, think Fugues meant it in like uh, in an insulting way. He meant it like, "Hey, you're a fucking stone cold killer, bro." Yeah, you yeah, know? like yeah, I know. But it, it you know, it, it, it'd be like you know, if if you know, like a, one of your family members died, and it's still a, a sore spot. And I'm like, you know, hey man, or if I brought up your family member, you you know, like don't fucking talk. Yeah, about I see that. where you're coming from. Yeah, like actually, you know, I. I, I got to be honest, like, now that I think about it, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, because that, like, was something that hurt. Especially that if bad. someone was blaming you for someone you loved death. When you're in denial about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think it works. Now that I think about it, like, I do think it works. But what is kind of one of those things, like, why was Fuchs so fixated on NoHo Hank? kind of like coming to terms with what he did you know what i mean like that i don't yeah like i'm trying to. yeah i don't know but yeah so no but it's definitely like i see where you're coming from with that but one thing is like maybe smarter people than me can explain it like what was fuchs's fascination with kind of barry coming to or uh hank coming to grips with what he he had done because like i get that fuchs went through this transformation where he's like i accept who i am but what what is it about like i guess maybe he was trying to inspire him to like do what he did to accept why i don't know i i don't i don't know just cuz maybe he didn't want to work with him if he doesn't want to accept who he is i don't think like, he just cares about like who he works with as long as they pay or give him what he needs but no no i it's definitely like i'm trying to think like why fuchs would care so much but it's like I just don't see it. Um, maybe he's just trying to, to hurt Hank because he knows that hurts Hank. You know, like that's a sore spot yeah. for him, maybe. Um, but, yeah, so that. what other issues did you have? The time jump? I think I think that's about all. Like, I didn't mind the time jump. The time jump, you know, it didn't bother me. I, I thought it was interesting. It added, like, it brought my interest back into the mm-hmm. show, you know. I was starting to kind of get a little bored of the same old thing Mm -hmm. and it cut to something completely different that's another issue too man why did jim moss leave um uh uh, what's her name barry's wife uh Uh, sally why did why did he leave so easily like oh she's home alone like she she got home and no one's with her let me leave yeah i don't know 
Like, okay, because the way they built up Jim Moss, man, it's like, this is the guy. You know, this mm-hmm. ain't no fucking dumb cop. Like, this is, this is, like, he is him. He is Timothy Chalamet, bro. Like, this is him. You yeah. Know? And I what? think it was just one of those things where it was supposed to be, like, funny. Like, oh, he was asleep, and he woke up, seen Sally go in, and he just like, oh, shit, and was then he, he leaves. Asleep? He woke up when, when she got home? Is that what I it think, was? was he? Maybe I was wrong. I don't, I don't know. I, the, but I, I do remember some scene where he was asleep watching. The, the fact that he just left, like, he didn't yeah. start waiting. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I think it's convenient, like. Oh, mm-hmm. Jim left, and Barry was there the whole time. Let's go, Jim's and gone. That happens a lot in Barry, you know. Like a lot of times, it's just some something lucky happens. No, it and, just and, so and, happens. And, and, like... No, but the thing is, okay, the thing is, is with with the luck in the previous seasons, is you had cops who were portrayed as idiots. Jim Moss is yeah. not portrayed as an idiot. This guy was yeah. portrayed as the fucking Terminator. You know, like mm-hmm. Jim Moss, like Jim Moss from season three. Would have fucking broken Barry, dude, instantly. But Jim Moss in season four is a little different. Um, yeah, I don't think he would have left. I think he would have stayed there. Thing, dude. It's like I just don't understand. Okay, so do you believe that Jim Moss at that moment when he heard the, about the money in his mind, he came to the conclusion Gene was behind it? Is that is that how you see it, or it took him yeah. a minute? Okay, I think I think instantly he thought it was Gene because okay. he ran off. You know, do you believe he was going to kill Barry, slowly torture him, or get Barry to kill I, himself? I think, I think he was going to try and make Barry like actually feel bad for his actions, and then send him to prison or something. Okay, now that he, because I'm with you, I think at that moment, oh, Gene, it was Gene all along. Okay, then what's the point of keeping Barry in his garage if Barry was it was. Barry, in his mind, Barry is innocent. He still killed his daughter, but he was manipulated. I guess he wanted to Jane. double check. You know, I think he wanted to double check and make sure. I think at that point, I think he would have turned Barry in. He would have taken Barry with him and dropped him at the police station or even taken him to be in that room when they captured Gene or tricked Gene. Like, That's true. Like the- yeah, actually, yeah, he... That that would have made more sense if he would have taken him into the room with Gene, so he could get both sides of the story, yeah, put them together, and figure Gene it out. Gene broke that one reporter so hard he had him speaking fucking German, and he didn't even know German. Yeah, like, yeah. It just doesn't make sense that Gene would leave a fucking serial killer, ex-marine, fucking combat specialist alone, you know, with yep. a knife in the room. And like, and, yep. and I had a friend tell me, "Well, is it possible that he was maybe emotional?" You know, when people are emotional and they make mistakes, when has he ever been emotional? Never. Yeah. Like, yeah, he hasn't showed any emotion yet. It was just, I you think know? it was too convenient, I think. Convenient storytelling is what I I think. It was just an easy way out to move the plot forward to get to the finale. It's one of those things like, oh, man, let's just take this and push it. we got to get to this finale. We only have 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. think there could have been better ways of Barry escaping. Um, yeah, but it was just too easy. And like, I know things have happened in the prior seasons of Barry that were too easy. Like in season one with the, that stupid meathead, uh, former Marine that everything got pinned on. He's a yeah, I idiot. forgot his name. He's a fucking yeah. idiot. Like it makes sense that it would yeah. get pinned on him. Like it, but like this stuff that happened with Moss, I just, I don't buy it, dude. I don't. Yeah. Buy it. And that was a major issue for me. Like, yeah, but, uh, you know, besides that, 
I think a lot of the character work was good. Um, Noho Hank, at first, I thought his turn came kind of quick, but like then when I started seeing some breakdowns of it, like I said, he was heavily affected by the season mm -hmm. three finale and what happened. Or it might have not even been season three. I think he freed him in the prior episode, but whatever, right? Regardless, like that really, yeah. like, dude, his acting in that in the season three you know whatever seven or eight episode when when he's uh behind that wall and you hear the that lion ripping up that guy like yeah that was that was good acting yeah, yeah that would scar me too and and I think you're right there with him the whole time like you're yeah. feeling what he's feeling it's, it's fucking incredible dude um, yeah you haven't have you, you finished season two of ted lasso right uh yes can i finished you, season can two you believe bill Hader lost to jason sudeikis he lost the emmy that year Okay, wait, who's Jason Sudeikis? Is that plays, Ted Lasso? Yeah, he's the guy who plays Ted. Like, I mean, he's great, but, dude. Yeah. I don't know how he wins it over, over Bill Hader, dude. Yeah, I don't know about that, yeah. Because season three of Barry was, like, I think that's the best, the best season. season. Okay, let's rank Yeah, him. that's the best season. Give me your ranking. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, as a whole, season four of Barry as a whole, what's your ranking? Season four of Barry as a whole, my ranking... It's the lowest of all of them, so I have to think what my ranking of the rest of them are first. Then I can think of what I think season four is. So I'd have to say season – okay, I'm going to start by season one. Okay. Compared to – I think season one was better than season two. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's very close. Mm -hmm. I think it's very close. I, I might have to rewatch it. To yeah, make yeah, sure, because I've only watched oh, it once. I can't wait to rewatch this. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to say, season one, I I think from my memory was a little bit better than season two. Okay. So I'm gonna say it's not like it's a crazy thing to say either, you know? Yeah. 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 So season one, I'm gonna give it. It wasn't like perfect, you know. Right, right. When I first watched season one, I wasn't, I mean, addicted to it mm -hmm. like Breaking Bad, but um. I'd have to give it probably a six and a half or a six. A six. I'd say a six. Out of ten? Yes. Yeah. Is that crazy? I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's a lot better than that. But, hey, you're entitled to season your rankings. Season one. Okay. No, no, That's just season one. Yeah, of course. You're entitled okay. to your rankings, man. But I just. I give, I give it a six. Maybe okay. a six and a half. Okay. And then season two. I get yeah. I'm gonna give season one a six and a half. I'm gonna give season two a six. And I'm gonna give season three. I think was like very good. I mean, I, I was yeah. blown away by season three, yeah, dude. Seriously. So I think I'm gonna have to give season three a nine, okay. especially with that ending. Yeah, dude. Season four. Season, I'm gonna hold, have hold, to hold, give. Hold up. Season three is ending, man. God damn, dude. One of the best cliffhangers of all dude. time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that was insane. Continue. Sorry. But um, see, I, no, actually, now that I think of it, it'd be crazy to put season four lower than six. So now I have to change my rate, rating because <laughs> that would be insane. Okay, that's like okay. No, season one, I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. Okay. Oh no, 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 I'm gonna give it an eight. This is why I don't do numbers. Dude, it's so hard. Okay, I'm going to give it a eight. Season one, eight. Season two, seven and a half. Mm. Season four, seven. 
season three, nine. Okay. All right. So for me, like I said, I, I like to do television by tiers because for me personally, it's hard to condense a, you know, a whole season into one number because you might have an episode that's like a five out of ten. But later, because of what we learn later in season, that episode yeah. gets bumped up because of the importance. So that, this is why I like to do tiers. So for me, season one is like A, a tier. It's like high A tier. Season two is S. Season three is S. Season four, I'm still going to give A tier. Um, so for and, and for me, season three is on top. Then two, then one, and then probably four. But I think some of the best character work probably got done in four. Like I said, the, the peaks of season four are insanely high. Like, you know. I, like, I don't know. I think season three had the best character work. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think I it had the most, like, emotions. Like, I was, yeah. I mean, certain scenes in season three had me, like, tearing up. Like, especially, like, when that guy, his his friend, I forgot his name. Albert? He's holding him at gunpoint. Yeah, Albert, yeah. yeah. And then that He's Barry holding him slowly gunpoint. breaking down. Dude, by then, Barry, dude, Barry was so gone mentally. Like, mm -hmm. the, like I said, the, the opening of season three, the way he just so nonchalantly kills those two guys. Yeah. You know, and I like, feel really bad for Barry, dude. Yeah. You know, I probably shouldn't, but I do. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Because he doesn't want to kill, you know? That's he's just forced he to can't like the entire his nature. That's one of those things yeah. that Barry like can you change your nature, you know? Um yeah. so trying to break the cycle of violence. But um mm -hmm. no, no, you I mean I mean I think it's close because like it, it's hard to, to compete with um endings and all the characters have great endings, so that's why it, but okay. That you know, but I do so we're in agreement season four might be the worst season. But that's like yeah. not even like a, like I hate to use the word worse because that that I know because it's, it's not a bad season. Yeah, it's, still it's a good than season. Most television on right now, you know. <laughs> All right, so that was Barry. People, Whew, man, lot to say. Succession. Yes. Let's go. Let's Succession. get into it. Okay. Wow. First, let's start with the finale. Go go for it. Wow. Yeah. Just I mean, not what I was expecting, mm -mm. but not in a bad way. Yeah. In a good way. It wasn't what I was expecting in a good way. I really liked what they did. Like, Tom's ending. And, like, mm. I think, why, okay, I have to ask you this. Why do you think Shiv changed her mind in the end? I think she changed her mind in the end because she didn't want to accept that her brother was going to win. Oh, yeah. I think she didn't, yeah, she yeah. didn't want to, like, Chief, it was ego. It was kind of oh, ego. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Man, one thing that I've been getting pissed off about that I think is so fucking idiotic is I've seen people say, oh, you know, Shiv realized that Kendall was becoming her dad. So she wanted to spare yeah. Kendall from a life. Like, man, that, okay. Yeah. That face she made when she said, you killed someone. That, yeah. That said it yeah. all. That right was ego. That, that said yeah. it all right there. And it's like, I'm like, are we watching a different fucking show? Like, no, that that yeah. point about Shiv or Theory fucking pisses me off, dude. Um, and that she wanted to spare him from becoming his father. Man, if you don't get the fuck out of here with it, that is so dumb, dude. Um, yeah, that no, that was like ego, no pure ego, mm -hmm. and um, she. I think she does. Okay, no, first first and foremost was ego and fuck my brother, right? But second, secondly, but I'm talking about like like that 
it, look, what what pushed their decision, Ego is up here, right? Next, mm -hmm. which is down here, I would say is probably like, you know, she does love Tom and she would rather have him be in charge than Kendall, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. right under that, I would say um, that's where she can have the most influence because mm -hmm. although the power dynamic has shifted in the relationship, she does have a direct ear or line to the head of, of Waystar now, right? Which is Tom. Yeah. And they have the baby and... But, I don't know. But the power dynamic has shifted, so I don't think... I don't think that's really in her mind. I, a lot of people say... I've seen some, some reviews say that um, out of everyone, she ended up with the most power because, you know, she's with the boss now. But it's like Tom's in charge now, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can tell, though, dude... The way he's just like, like not even looking at her and just. Dude, things switched. Okay, you look a few seasons back. You have Tom. He's pretty much Shiv's. I don't, don't want to say, but he's like, he's like Shiv's bitch, kind yeah. of. Oh, yeah. No, and it he's, switched. He's the Greg to Shiv. Yeah, that, he so, turned it all the way around. So, look, this is one of those things. I don't claim to, to know everything or to be the smartest guy in the room, but. I just, at first, I was just like, what the fuck is up with Tom being such a dick to Greg? You know? Yeah. I just, like, this guy's a fucking And dick. you see how he's treated. Exactly. It you took know? me a minute to catch on that, oh, and, and almost every time that Shiv did something fucked up to him, he took it out on Greg. So it's like, mm -hmm. he was the Greg to the relationship, but now, like, dude, you can tell. Yeah. The moment uh, the, the board decision goes through and he walks in that room... He's walking with his head, head held up high, his chest out. Oh, thank you, thank you, you know. And mm -hmm. and then the way he goes to Shiv, Shiv, I have a car running. Do you want? Do you want? To, like the way he's speaking, like the power dynamic, and and even before that, before Tom even knew he was going to be the CEO, the power dynamic had shifted when Shiv told him, like, um, uh, you know, uh, would you still maybe want to have a real relationship? And the power dynamic completely shifted when he said, I don't know. Because he doesn't need her anymore. Yeah. She needs him, yeah. you know, for her emotional issues. He does not need her. And now that he's a CEO, like, yeah. So, fuck Shiv. I'm happy that she got the ending she did. Um, yep. She probably did the right thing from not letting Kendall have power. Because do you think Kendall would have done a good job? Or what do you think? I think... Kendall wouldn't have necessarily been a bad CEO. I I don't think he. I think he would have done decent. I don't think he would have been Logan. No, you know, I don't think he would have. Yeah, but I think he wouldn't have been the worst choice. Like out of everyone, he's the one I've seen the most a CEO. I think. Yeah. Um. So before we move on, right? Since we're talking about Shiv and Tom, any other thoughts on Shiv and Tom for you know their endings? Not really. I think uh, I think that just Tom turned it completely around, and oh, that's that's the end. Another thing. Uh, do you buy into this kind of theory or talking point that Shiv is kind of becoming her mother? She's gonna be married to the head of a powerful company. She's gonna be basically a trophy wife, stay at home, who's gonna neglect her kids. Like, do you do you kind of buy into that? You know, I didn't really think about that, but. I don't think she's going to neglect her kids. I think that's all she's got now. I don't know. I don't know. She, she, I, I, mean, don't know. I don't think she's going to be a good mother. Because, 
it's something that Kendall said. Maybe the poison drips through. And I think the poison might drip through her to be a bad mother just like her mother was. I yeah. Mean, a, a lot of this is familial trauma, dude. Like generational trauma, you know? Passed down to the kids. And I think, you know, they're passing it down to their kids. And I don't think... I think... I don't think anybody really got a happy ending, to be honest. Except Tom. But even yeah. Tom, like... He has the title... But he's, still... but he's kind of like a puppet. No, it's not kind of. He, he is. Yeah. And he's basically yeah, going to be Greg now for Matson. But he's going to be earning millions yeah, while which, doing that. So, so I think Tom, a good thing about Tom is that Tom wasn't motivated by power. He was motivated by status and by money. Because he said yeah. as much when, I believe... Um, it was during the the pre-election party when they had that fight on the balcony and he and he straight up honest like you know shiv i like my nice watches my nice clothes yep. you know i'm just being yep. honest he through the whole that. series i think yeah. was it season one or season two he takes greg out and he shows him like what it's like, like to, to be, be rich because tom yeah i don't want to say tom started in the hood because he came from a good family right but yeah, he, he just wants to be rich. He definitely had to climb and, and scratch and crawl to get high, you know. <laughs> Although he, like, yeah, he definitely was not born poor. He was born into a good family. But he had yeah. to work his way up versus Shiv, who got everything handed to him. So Tom knows what it's like to not be rich, and he'll fight. He'll fucking slit your throat to hold on mm -hmm. to what he has. And mm -hmm. I think that's why he made it so far. And he didn't let his ego get in the way. Oh, Logan wants to, you know, needs a punching bag. I'm it. Uh, Matson wants to fuck my wife, and he's telling me to my face, I want to fuck her. No, no, that's not an issue. We're all men. Um, Logan needs a fucking dummy to go to jail. I'll do it, Logan. Yeah. Like, I'm so proud of Tom, though. The one thing that makes me proud in the end is that he didn't tear apart Greg. He said, I got you. Did you think, that made me proud. Did you think he was going to kick Greg to the curve? I thought he was. I thought he was going to leave Greg, like, with nothing. Greg got it. Like, Greg got the worst ending, bro. He got yeah. the worst ending because Greg was going to be given like what, one hundred fifty mil by his uh his grandfather. Yeah. And, and his grandfather gave the money away, and now Greg is going to be stuck being Greg to Tom forever, basically. Like. Yeah, but I'm happy he didn't leave greg with no, nothing me too. you know me too me too yeah it, it was one of those things but like you could tell like the ego is there because the way he put that mm -hmm. sticker on him it's like you're my bitch yep you know that's what i'm saying i think greg got one of the worst endings dude oh he, yeah he lost 150 mil because he chose to go with logan logan's dead and now he's still gonna be greg he's gonna be gregging for tom you know what was a crazy coincidence? Okay, now I remember watching your TikTok. You saying like Greg kind of lost his purpose a little bit. He did halfway but... through this, but then an episode or well, so later, later they I brought know. it back. I know, dude. I know. I know. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. I was thinking the same shit. I'm like, man. See, see, this is why I don't like giving episodes reviews. Like, like on my yeah. serialized, like I wait until the entire season is complete before I drop a review. And this is exactly yeah. why, dude, because something that seems useless or whatever ends up having the biggest, like that swings mm -hmm. the whole fucking show. Greg swung the whole show. When, when yeah. he, he read it out first, he read it out Shiv. 
and then <laughs> he uh uh he basically ratted out that Madsen was not gonna choose Shiv. So it's like yeah. So he swung these things in so many different directions. So see, this is he why caused I, so much in those last few episodes. Yeah, yeah. So like that, this is why I don't get. I don't I try not to get ahead of myself, dude. Yeah. Now can we talk about how freaking scary Kendall was dude. in the final episode? Yeah, like, you were texting me about that, dude. He he was like a fucking child, dude, throwing a temper tantrum. But like, yeah, and he put but as an adult, yeah. I don't think he put hands on Shiv. But dude, I thought... Actually, wait, no, yeah, he grabbed her yeah. when she was going to leave. And then, yeah. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Roman was like, bro, she's pregnant, right? Or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen Game what, of Thrones? Why do you think... Hold on, hold on. No, I have not seen uh, Game of Thrones. No. The, <laughs> have you ever seen any of the deaths? The deaths yeah. of Game of Thrones? There's no. one where a guy gets... Uh, Oberyn Martell gets his face fucking crushed in by some guy's hands. I was like, is Kendall about to cave in Roman's skull? Like, bro. And before that, even when Roman was like saying, okay, I don't, I'm not sure I want to do this, he gets him and he puts him on his shoulder and he kind of makes it look like he's trying to care for him, but he's splitting the, the, the scar on his, on his eye. I think he did that on purpose. I think so, he was trying I, to hurt him. So I've seen different interpretations of that scene. Um, he knows that Roman doesn't want it, but yeah, Roman needs an out. Like he needs a way to say, "Oh, you know, this is why I can't chase the CEO seat. Like I can't because of." And I think that's why he split him open. Or I think yeah. uh, you can look at it too. Is you can look at it like Roman was tr- trying to brush up against him a little hard too, like to bust himself open because he's so uh, used to pain. He's so like, used to pain, and that's kind of how he gets off. I'm not saying he was going to get off to his brother hurting him, but this is how he feels love. This is how this is what love is to him. It's they're so pain. strange. Everybody's so strange in this show. When your father's Logan Roy, bro, what do you expect? Yeah, you're going to be yeah. up in the head. But yeah. I think it was Kendall giving him an out because he even told Shiv he doesn't want it, but he just can't say it. You know. Yeah. And I and but you you could be right. Maybe this was Kendall saying because Kendall had basically become Logan at that point. And what's the next step of being Logan? Hitting Roman, or you know, yeah. Like, like I think that. he was trying to like wrestle him into submission with by pulling those that scar. You, you could be like right. the. I think there. I think it's a bit of both, dude. I think it could be a, an element of both. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Thoughts on? We'll save Kendall for last. Thoughts on Roman. Roman, yeah, I kind of felt bad for him in the end, you know, because, like, he he recognized in the end right there, he recognized that we're just kids playing dress-up. We're just running around trying to pretend that we're all going to be CEO. They proved Logan that we're right. all, Yep. They are not serious people. Nope. Yeah. They're um, just kids still. Um, hmm, I think in terms of like emotional damage i think he got off the best because he yeah. finally grieved his father he kind of finally gave he doesn't up. have to sit on it like shiv and kendall are going to be doing for like probably the rest of their lives they're going to be sitting there but pouting still, about it but he's still empty because uh, he yep. lost jerry he lost his dad he lost kendall like who yeah. does he have left like like they're, I think they're, now he can move on. 
There, I think he can move on, though. I think out of well, move on from losing Waystar, sure, but move on from his yeah. fucked up emotional issues. I don't know because his I don't emotional know issues that. might be the worst. Maybe not. I yeah. don't know. Kendall's fucked up. Uh, yes, yes. That, that smile at the end, like kind of like a like a, I took it as like a smile of relief. It's over. Like I think he, like I said, he didn't want it. I don't think he wanted that CEO position. So I think yeah, he's the most real out of all of them. I think he's he's the one that's not like a po. He's not posing to be anything. He's he just was, though. That's a thing. being him. He was being a poser. He was trying to he be was. his father. Like he was trying to be his father. Like remember that episode with the election where he was like, trying oh to yeah, that he was assertive. The way he was fucking firing Jerry. Like he was trying to be his father, but he was just not cut out for it. And I think he realized. Yeah. That. Like he didn't. Yeah. He never wanted. Uh, Waystar. He wanted to get uh, what's the word approval from his dad. Like I think that's what he really wanted. And when he realized his father was finally gone, I think he kind of accepted. Like you know, this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah. So yeah, that's about all I have for Roman. I think in the end, he just he recognized what it really was, what they all really were. Yeah, Even though Kendall he, and Shiv don't want to recognize it, he did. He got off the best for sure. Um, mm-hmm. All right, now Kendall. What were your thoughts on Kendall? My thoughts on Kendall, I think... So, first, in the beginning, you know, I kind of felt bad that he finally... The family, like, the, the, the siblings finally all came together. <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to last. Yeah. I think we all knew it was. Yeah. It, uh, I I didn't know. It it, yeah, yeah, I didn't know it wasn't gonna last. But he thought it was, yeah. and I kind of felt bad when it all fell apart right there at the end. But like, he was terrifying in that episode. I yeah. thought he he was scary. Like I, I'm the eldest boy and grabbing Rowan, that shit had me terrified. Yeah, the, I I'm the, like throwing a fucking tantrum. I'm the eldest yeah. boy. It's my birthright. Like, what the fuck? A child throwing a tantrum, you know, but now he's a, he's a full-grown adult with power. He can get away with murder. Throwing, yeah, throwing a child tantrum. Yeah. Um, you know? Okay, I don't. I haven't seen anybody talk about this, but I want your thoughts on this. Um, did you think Kendall was going to drown when he went to go swim? I did. Okay, after that when they talked about murdering him, did you think there was a chance that they could kill him or not? Nah? Like, you just thought they nah. were talking shit. Dude, I, I think I, they were just joking. Dude, I was on edge, bro. I was like, are they going to drown him? Like, because, you know, it could be an accident. And then I was still on the edge when they were all in the kitchen. Like, are they going to fucking poison him? Like, like I swear, dude, I was, like, on edge, bro. Like, I, I guess maybe I just... They, they seemed a little strange, but I, I don't know. I just couldn't see, like, Shiv and Roman doing something so over the top is like doing doing that i, I just don't know if i, I would have liked that ending you know if they did do that I, I i didn't think the writers would do that you know did you think the writers would kill logan in episode three <laughs> you know you got me there yeah you know what i mean but okay yeah that's that's just me then that's on me um that scene where Logan, that, that video of Logan was really sad to watch, man. Oh, I teared up on that scene, you know, bro. You know, what I, was... you know what I was thinking the whole time? Like, when did the kids ever get that side of Logan? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Through the whole series, he's he's just Lo- the Logan we know. We yeah. all know. Like, we didn't even get that side of Logan. Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, like when did he ever show this level of, of warmth and kindness, like, to his kids? And then mm-hmm. I like how the moment he switched back to normal Logan was, I, I forget who it was, but someone brought up something about work. And then he's, ah, oh, you fuck up, or something like that. And then after that, yeah. it was all ruined. But, yeah, that, that was sad watching that. Um, <laughs> you know, the craziest part about everything is that Kendall completed the transformation to become his father. And he got nothing for it. Like, yep. he, he became manipulative. He was cleaning up after the mistakes of his kids. Like, when he stepped up, uh, you know, after R- Roman fucked up, he manipulated Roman, telling him, you fucked up, you fucked the deal. Um, yep. he, he began to kind of be an asshole to his wife, and he was going to, like, take the kids from her only to ignore he them. He even dressed like Logan. Yep. Like, in the final episode, he was wearing the exact same clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how Logan started wearing that kind of business casual with the suit jacket open. And he looks so yeah. much like 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 Logan, dude, and yeah. adopting his mannerisms and this and that, um, you know, and then to the point of abusing Roman and like all that for nothing. Yeah, he sold his soul to the devil for nothing. And yeah, I, and it's very sad, you know. But he deserved it. Were you expecting suicide? I was. I was. I honestly didn't know. What, what would have would that have been a good end to his character? I wouldn't have hated it. You know, I I, I mean, it would have made sense. You know, it would have worked. Yeah. It, it would have made complete sense if it actually did happen in the end, which I mean, we don't know if it did. Yeah, we don't know, but he's definitely going to be. I think he's going to slip back into his drug habit, man. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so his ending, um, very fitting. Again, it was like his father's final moments. One of the final shots of Logan that we see is him walking out to that same pier, I think, with Colin, the, the bodyguard, behind him mm-hmm. watching him. Like, I think it's very fitting that Kendall got that same ending. And him and his relationship with water has always been kind of like a big point of the show. But I think Kendall, like, Kendall is the most devastated, I think, out of the three. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's like hand. it's a real. I don't, I don't want to compare something funny, but you have you watched Kung Fu Panda? Of course. Tai Lung, thinking he's gonna be the Dragon Warrior, being trained to be the Dragon he's Warrior like, the no, entire time. No nah, man, don't and then in the end, it's not even like you don't have to laugh, man, because Kung Fu Panda. Like, yeah, yeah, it's animated cartoons, but there's some great <laughs> writing in there. And Tai Lung is a yeah. very well-written antagonist. I totally yeah. get what you're what you're going for. Your whole mm-hmm. life, you're, you're bred to be this one thing. You're promised. It's expectations. Expectations. And then to have it stripped from under you, it's going to make yeah. you feel a type of way. Like, I get yep. it. But it's just funny. Yep. Kendall's like, I'm the eldest boy. Ugh. Connor is the eldest boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was just fucking funny, man. And, dude, Connor got such a sad ending, dude. Because, like, in the previous episode, you thought, like, they were him and Willow were coming closer, right? Um, yeah. But then it's like, you could tell Willow was trying to get him out of the house. Like, mm-hmm. and then when, Sh- and Shiv knows it, right? Shiv knows she doesn't like Connor. But, so, oh, good news for you, Willow. Looks like Connor might end up staying here. And she's just like, like, it's just sad that he's stuck in a loveless marriage. But like Khan said, yeah. I mean, he doesn't need love, I guess. 
you know? Yeah. He's been kind of a nobody the whole series, you know? But you know just kind of like a side. But, but you know what's cool about Connor, man? Like, he just ne- he didn't give a fuck about power. He took the money that his father gave him and the opportunity and just fucked off. He went to bought yep. a ranch. He's living, you know, not causing any problems. I would have done I, the same. I saw some great videos where there's a couple things we might have missed about Connor. Like, if you think back to uh, when the family was fighting and they were going to do that photo shoot. And then, like, what's a good memory with your dad? Well, I remember when my dad took us camping and this and that. And then after, it's like, camping? I didn't take you camping. And then uh, Roman was like, oh, yeah, that was Connor. And basically, the video kind of hinted that, you know, Connor got the worst of it, probably. The abuse from Logan and the neglectfulness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that he tried his best while the kids were being raised to be like a surrogate father to them. And there's a lot of instances throughout the show where he does things or memories come up of, of Connor being there for them. Like, uh, uh, I forget who it was. Someone had an event going, but Connor showed up for them. He showed up yep. for them to support them. Always there to support the kids. And it's just fucked up the way they treat him. Like, he's a nobody. Like, he's nothing. Yeah. He got left behind. Yeah. And it's just super sad, bro. It but, is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, well, I, I think there's some minor characters, but we don't need to talk about it. So, overall, rating of the episode. The final episode. I have to give that. 10 out of 10. Yeah, ten out of ten for me, dude. I yeah, I I had no problems with it. I mean, it's one of the best final episodes I've ever watched. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I don't think there's too much for us to say about that. So season four as a whole, how do you rank it? Season four as a whole is also one of the best best seasons seasons of all time. Yep. Yeah. I have it I, right now for me it's tied with Breaking Bad season 5 and it might be better. I just need to rewatch Breaking Bad season 5. It's been like a year or, or two since I've seen it. So I need to rewatch but um as of right now, now seasons I have to rank differently because right. they're a lot they're long, you know, there's a lot of episodes you have to put into account. Yeah. So season 4 for me up top, dude. Yeah, it's up top definitely, but I I, I can't give it a 10. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could give it a ten. Well, no, and ten implies perfection. So whenever yeah, I say 10 nothing's out of 10, perfect. Nothing's. But when I when I say the words like ten out of ten, to me that implies it's as good as it can be, right? Because mm-hmm. nothing is perfect. So for me, ten out of tens don't actually mean like perfection. It's just like as close as you can get, right? For yeah. Me, for me, season four, ten out of ten. S tier, like S plus, man, like the best of the best. Yeah, I think I think I'd have to agree. In that case, yes. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Yeah. I know, like I agree with you. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, there is. I don't, I think that's the best they could have done. Like the ending, everything. It yeah. it was very good. Um. Okay. So how do you rank the seasons? So yeah, season four, number one for sure. And then what's your number two? <laughs> season two or three? Ooh. Honestly, I think. S- Season, I think season three was better than two. I think oh, I need to rewatch, man. I have to rewatch too. I've only watched it once. I mean, of course, I just watched it, so it's kind of fresh in my head, but not not really. I'm gonna go. Okay, do we both agree season one is the weakest? Yes, yeah. definitely. So okay, so I I'm just gonna go season four, season two, season three, season one. For me, season one is like a tier 
you know, high A tier, but seasons two, three, and four are just S. Like cream yeah. of the crop. Like cream of the crop, dude. It's just because yep. the first couple episodes of Succession drag a little bit. It, oh, yeah. Until know, like, episode six. Yeah, th- there's great character work in there, but it, it drags a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it takes a minute for us to really get hooked in. You know, and I might sound crazy to say, when I first started Secession, I hated it. I, I The first few... I, it took me a couple I, tries. You know, it took yeah. Me, I, I watched the first episode or two, and I just... Yeah. I, I didn't bother watching, and I came back to it later. I don't know why. I think I was just looking for a new show to watch. So I was like, let me try this again, because the same thing happened to me with a show called House of Cards. I don't know if you've ever seen it on Netflix. I've never seen it. It's a good show. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it took me, you know, I was like, let me try again. And I, I fucking loved it. But it, it yeah. did. Like, I remember. Like, I had so many people telling me, though, yeah. that it was very good. And I, yeah. I, 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 I had to get past. They said, yes, the first five episodes aren't the best. They're not it's very good. good. That's not a good endorsement. Yeah. Like, oh, just put yeah. up with these first couple episodes, then, then, it, like, that's not a good endorsement, but I think... Yeah, it's very hard to watch yeah. five hours yeah. of content. I think if we go back, though, and rewatch season one, I think those first It'll be couple, better now. I think it will. Um, I'm gonna need to rewatch soon. I'm gonna rewatch soon, but, um, yeah, there's not a bad season in the lot, dude. Yep. Um... So, yeah, I mean, it's like not, we don't have as much to say about Succession because I feel like the show's legacy is more cemented than something like Barry. Because with Barry, we had issues. But I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of tapped out on Succession, man. Anything you want to add? I, I'm about done with Succession 2. All right. All right. So, so let's, uh, let's move on to Ted Lasso. Now, you're not done with Ted Lasso, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about it and get your thoughts on it as someone who's been kind of binging. Um, where are you in Ted Lasso? I am on season three, episode three, I think. I couldn't watch as much as I wanted to yesterday. Okay, so but, we'll just spend a couple minutes on this. So real quick, what are your thoughts on uh, on Nate? Nate, bro? Dude, I really liked Nate. It hurt. It hurt, dude. It hurt. So here's one thing I noticed about Nate is that that I don't know if it's an ego. I think it's more of an insecurity, but that was sprinkled in since the first season. Um, Yeah, you see. okay, you see this guy who's portrayed as like he's a loser, like everybody bullies him. Yeah, he gets one little taste of power. Mm -hmm. He wants it all. Yeah, you know, uh, like when they when before they promoted him, which man, when he got promoted, that made me cry. But I think I was so caught, I, like, because literally his promotion came right after that. I got caught up in Nate being promoted. That literally the scene right before he fucking threatened that that new kit man, like, yeah. and was an asshole to him because he thought he was taking his spot. Like, a lot of people say that Nate's turn kind of came out of nowhere, but dude, it was there the whole time that Nate was insecure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nate was like was was kind of like like he has a bit of an ego to him. He, he like he there's a there's a lot going on with Nate. You gotta put yourself in his shoes, you know. After your, probably his entire life being the loser, and finally someone gives him a bit of power, it it would make sense for him to want it all. He yeah. wants all the power. Um, how? Okay, well, what was your interpretation of that scene with Ted when he finally confronts him in the final episode and rips the Believe poster and all that? Dude, I think 
you know, it's just him wanting to take Ted's spot, I think. He wants to be the top the top boss, like I said. Like he wants to be get all the power. He doesn't want anybody else getting power. So okay. So that's your interpretation of it. So I think yeah. I think and like I'm not trying to um say that you're wrong, but I think that I think the the more accepted interpretation by people, and this is not even counting season three, like like you need to see season three to come to this. At the time, mm-hmm. I think it was basically Nate lashing out at Ted and saying everything to Ted that he couldn't say to his own father. Like I think oh, okay. I think a lot of Nate's issues come from the relationship with his father or the you, lack thereof and the way his father I am now realizing what you mean yeah, yeah. now I see yeah cuz yeah everything he says to Ted is basically what he should have told his dad the entire time um but he just you know he fe- I, I don't think he fears his father but I think his father has made him feel so inferior and like like worthless almost that mm-hmm. Nate just can't bring himself to speak to him so he takes it out on yeah. Ted um nate is such an incredibly damaged person dude and i feel genuinely bad for him and um what have you seen from um, nate so far in season three in season three okay so in the last episode now i'm seeing what you mean because in the last i think it was the last episode i watched he did something he did like an interview where he was talking shit about ted and right after he gets that message and it says your dad is disappointed that you cursed and you, it shows his face. Yeah, because and like, he's so hurt. Because he, like, you know what's funny? He is kind of like the Roman kids, where he wants his father's approval, but he can never get it. No matter yeah. what he does, Dad, I got promoted. And he's like, winning now, yeah, and he's and his yeah. dad still is not proud of him, and I think that really yep. fucked him up. And yep. um, and like I said, like this conclusion I came to, this was well before season three came out. Like this is how I looked at that scene. Of Nate just basically talking to his father through Ted because he saw Ted as a father figure, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love how over the season how Nate's hair kind of turns gray, symbolizing his yeah. turn to the dark side. You know what I mean? And then I, yeah. think, I think season three opens with him in all black, right? Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that uh, villain pose, uh, dude. Nate is one of my favorite characters of all time, and I think the character work you're gonna get with him in season three, like, ooh, man, there's some scenes in, in there with Nate, man. You know. Ted Lasso, dude, is one of those shows where it'll make you cry more than it makes you laugh. <laughs> like, I, it got more yeah. tears out of me than laughs. Although, Roy Ken is fucking fun. Dude, the character arcs of, like, of, like you're not even done yet, but, like, so many character arcs. Roy, Jamie, Keely, um, Rebecca, Ted himself, Nate. Like, the character work is insane, dude. And, like, their conclusions, like, you'll get to it, but... Yeah, uh, overall, I mean, what do you rank seasons one and two of, of uh, Ted Lasso? They're both S to me. Like, they're both fucking peak. Yeah, I loved season one. Dude, I wish I would have watched this show a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like... It's okay. I I didn't think... Okay, I had low expectations. You know, I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. and ex- At this point, when you recommend something to me, I shouldn't. Because every single thing you've recommended me, I ended up loving. But I had low expectations for like a a soccer, like a like a soccer show comedy. Right. I just didn't think it was gonna be anything. And then I watched it, 
and now I've watched what two two seasons in like a week. Yeah, I mean, you're blown away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that pisses me off is like when I, people are in my comment section saying like, like, bro, we like there's no soccer in this show anymore. Like, I'm like, bro, this show was or sorry, football. I was like, bro, this show yeah. was never about football, dude. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally like the least important thing of the show. The whole show is about it's about the characters, making it's about an impact on people's lives and helping yeah. them become the best versions of themselves. And dude, how about that scene where we finally find out what happened to Ted's dad? Dude, that shit broke dude. my heart, man. Oh yeah, I was crying, bro. Dude, me too. Yeah. Yep. And then like so many good Ted Lasso moments, like where he talks about people underestimating him his whole life that the dart scene with rupert that was yeah oh, so many good just speeches barbecue sauce yeah dude just ted is such a goaded character man and like his panic attacks break my heart too yeah yeah i mean and, and when nate leaked it to the press oh nate i was like what are you doing man dude that, that hurt me bro. I, yeah that yeah that, that so hurt much, man but like i said i think nate was just so hurt and he felt rejected by Ted because Ted had so much going on with himself that, mm-hmm. like, I hate to say it because Nate's a grown man, but Ted didn't have, I guess, the time to give Nate the attention he needed or the validation yeah. that he needed, even though yeah. he always talked about how great Nate was. He even had a photo of Nate yeah. in his apartment, you know? Yeah, and, he and- has to give, but he has to give that to everyone, you know? He right. has a whole team. Yeah, he has to give his attention to, and Nate wants it all because he couldn't get it from his father, and he's yeah. so insecure. He, dude, yeah. Nate is such a good fucking character, man. He's my he is. Ted he Lasso is. is a show filled with incredible characters, but dude, for me, Nate is just my favorite. Um, yeah, but I guess we can leave it there. Um, you know, I just wanted to touch on it to see how you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying mm-hmm. it. I think it's one of the best shows of all time, and people. People kind of like Ted Lasso, one of the best shows. Like, it's like, like just because it's like a comedy or something, it's just so irrelevant, dude. Yeah, it yeah. handles its dramatic moments better than most dramas do. It know? does. It does. Like, yep. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right. Uh, and wait, when it comes to comedy, mm-hmm. people complain about comedy. I think that makes things easier to watch. Yeah. Like a lot of times even like with like Barry and Ted Lasso, the comedy makes it where you could get through the episodes and it makes the emotion mm-hmm. like pop even more than it would oh, if yeah. the whole episode was just drama. And especially like a show like Barry that just gets so fucking dark. Like it's good to mm-hmm. inject some humor. Like yeah. uh you know, like bro, how do you make a scene where four people's decapitated heads in a bag are funny yeah he knows how to do that you know like it's not it's like such it's like such a morbidity to it bro where it's like it's like we're seeing these awful acts on screen but the way they portray it is like so fucking funny dude like you know it like almost hides its violence and humor like i love it man but same thing with ted lasso man like you'll get it's like a different kind of heavy from barry right but it's still yeah. it's still heavy either way, and like they'll break that that heaviness with some some jokes. And I I do think that the comedy flows pretty well. I don't think the comedy ever felt too forced in Ted. There's a few times where mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it could have gone without a joke, but for the most part, I think that the humor flows very well, and I think that continues yep. in season three. So 
I'm hyped. I'm hyped for season three. Yeah. Um. So for anybody listening, we'll for sure break that down next week. Um. Okay. Uh. Real quick, let's touch on Silo. So what are your thoughts on Silo, man? Overall, like how how have you been enjoying the season? Okay, I am loving season one, but I don't know if they could go anywhere after season one. Is my problem. Like, I think it's really good. I think it make it really good limited series because after you solve the mystery, like, Wait, what you know more the could you do? You know the mystery? You've read the books? I, I don't know. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I okay. do not know the answer to the mystery. I know there is a mystery. I don't Especially know. After the cliffhanger. Um, yeah. Of, 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 you know, everybody's being watched and this and that. Like, makes you wonder, like, what exactly is going on in the silo yeah. and all these different factions? Like, I think it's definitely a good mystery. Um, I, I get what you're saying. Once the mystery mm-hmm. solved, where do we go from here? So here's, I don't know the books. I don't know this or that. I oh, First of all, I don't think the mystery is going to be solved this season. Second, if it is solved, well, now we have, uh, I don't want to say like a revolution on our hands. But maybe the people rising up or trying to find out what's really going on. So that could be something we go towards. Yeah. Um, from like, what- I guess after the mystery is solved, they could do another season of them trying to mm-hmm. get out to try and... I don't know if this is based on one book or multiple books. But uh, from the reviews I've seen from some of my favorite YouTubers, they mentioned that definitely the show has added a lot more character work. Um, mm-hmm. And they're dragging out the mystery a bit more, but they're saying they're doing a good job of, of not dragging it out to the point where it's boring, which I agree. It hasn't been boring. Um, yeah. But um, no, I, I, I like where the show is going. I think this could be the next big show. Um, I think it, it definitely has like all the elements of what we want, where the, there's a thriller aspect to it a bit. The mystery aspect. We have some pretty cool characters. One thing that does bother me is like the the, the lead actress um, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Like, like why not just let you know she's British, right? Yeah. Why just not let her be British? Because so many times when she's speaking, you hear her British accent starting to come. Yes, out. That, I was thinking that literally. Yeah. I watched it about an hour ago. I was watch. I watched. I finished the episode. If you can't do cause... an accent, don't do it. Um, yeah, it, her accent, like, I could hear it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just kind of like it's kind of like one of those things. Like, uh, it's not a it's not a deal breaker, but it's like, bro, like, just, just be British. Fuck it. Why can't there be British people yeah. in the in the vault? You know? Yeah, but, maybe like one part of the vault has British people. So what do you? So we had talked about this before, but I think the balls on this show, right? When we start with um, that couple. Right. Yeah. And we see them as the lead characters, and and she dies, and I'm like, oh shit. Yep. So now the show's gonna be him trying to figure out what happened to and her. And then he, he dies, dies the second episode. Yeah. Yep. And then like, oh okay, so it's gonna be about uh uh you know what what was the name Marnes the officer who died. And, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and then he dies. And yep. It's like, dude, holy shit! Like, like, bro, oh my god! Like, almost no one's safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you think he was dead at that cliffhanger when when the guy had him at gunpoint? I I didn't. I thought it was gonna like start off with him surviving it somehow, like the next episode. He's just fucking dead. He just and you know that's kind of cool. It's kind of game gave a realistic approach to like they could have had something happen where he lives, but is that necessarily realistic? You know? Nope. He's fucking dead. 
and, and yeah, I'm like, holy yeah. shit like so now it's like we're you know we're we're <laughs> on a whole different path so so now it's not even about figuring out like what's going on with the outside she just wants to figure out what happened to the love of her life so it's like because yep. if if you figure out what happened to him then it's like an ever evolving mystery first you need to figure out what happens to him and then once you figure out what happened to him then you need to figure out why and when you figure out the why you're gonna go to the root cause and then when you get to that it's like it's like a whole other can of worms so it's like it's a mystery stacked on top of a mystery on top of a mystery like it it's like a slowly like like an opening book or something like that. Like little by little it's yeah. revealed. Like I like the way they're doing it. Like they're giving us like nuggets here and there and mm -hmm. uh, just enough to keep us hooked, but like not so little that we lose interest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I like what they're doing. And um but I just I don't know. I think yeah, okay. I don't know if it could be all time great, you know. No, I gotta. I gotta no, you we, know, we need to see how the season like progresses and stuff. But I, I, when yeah. I, when I said this is like the next big show, I just mean like the next show that like, like that they get some good hype around it. Like, oh okay, or that, or yeah, that, or that becomes like uh like very critically like uh appraised or something like that. Like uh, mm -hmm. like for like Severance is that like the bear right? We still like okay, yeah, like three of the, of some of the best shows of all time just ended. Like, what do we have to look forward to? Well, we have the bear, we have yeah. Severance, and now possibly we could have Silo, or it could just end up being a decent show. You never know, right? But I, I think it would have made a very good limited series, though. You think so? I think, yeah, I think it would have been. It, they could do more seasons. I could be wrong, but I think it would have been best as a limited series, like just one season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You could be right, but I think there's a, a lot of story to tell there, and I think, um, I think like maybe two or three seasons might be good. So we'll see where this goes. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to touch base on Silo, and we'll for sure be reviewing uh, the episodes every week. So okay, final segment. Let's talk some Better Call Saul. So, like I said before. We'll be rewatching the entire universe just because we love it. We want to talk about it, nerd out over it. Um, so, you know, every week we might watch one episode. We might do two, you know, because I just realized, like, there's a lot of episodes, dude. So yeah, that would be, like, a year. we should do, like, two or three at a time or something like that. But, okay. Yeah. We're going to start with the pilot for Better Call Saul. Um, so. You still have all your notes? Yeah, I have my notes. So. Okay. Um, you know, starting off, it's a great cold open. There's no dialogue. Mm -hmm. Even without the dialogue, it tells you everything you need to know about the state of the mind of where Saul Goodman is at and, like, like how he's doing mentally. Like, you think of that scene of him just sitting there watching old uh, Better Call Saul commercials. Like, like that's the only good thing in his life because it's the only thing yeah. in his color. He's not able to be him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's looking back at kind of like the glory. Yeah. You can definitely tell he's miserable. Yeah, like working that dead end job, and I like how he, he predicted can't be it. himself. Yeah, yeah, I like how he predicted it. Remember in Breaking Bad, he's like, "I'll be lucky if I'm in Omaha working at a Cinnabon or something." Yeah, like that, that right? was a good little. Yeah. yeah, I love how they. That's just his fate. Um, uh, black and white was a perfect choice. Um, it sets a certain type of like tone and mood. 
to how we should feel about like the the I guess you would call it the current timeline, right? Yeah, or, and or he's lost timeline. all the color in his life. Yep, is pretty much what they're saying. And like he's, he's lost all like he's yeah 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 everything's just black and white you know boring so next i put it's brave for a show to go seven and a half minutes with no dialogue in its pilot episode um when you think about it you know we have the opening with gene and then we go to saul in the bathroom like all of that no dialogue like that's ballsy man yeah it Um, is those seven and a half minutes set up Better Call Saul perfectly for what it wants to be and what it becomes. A slow burn character study, a show that's not afraid to take its time, and a show that treats the audience like adults. It shows us what we need to know, it doesn't tell us. Um, the way the show manages tones is incredible. From that cold black and white um, open to cutting to a young Jimmy hyping, hyping himself up in the bathroom is, a sh- is sharp. But it flows perfectly with who we know Saul Goodman is. Um, you know, we, you know, we get such okay. a different contrast. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I noticed. Okay, so you talk about show and tell a lot. I want to touch on that. Yes, because that is actually you're right about that. Because a lot of shows, like we talked about this last time, mm-hmm. how the show and tell is important. You know, because you can't you can't always just tell everybody what it is sometimes you just got to show it you got to let the viewers recognize Mm -hmm. what it is yeah yeah um yeah it's uh it's one of those things like i saw it in a youtube video right or vince gilligan said it himself in a lesson i mean he he would never use i saw that yeah he would never use the term lesser but i'm gonna use it in a lesser show um Mm -hmm. you might have uh chuck tell jimmy jimmy Come on. How long have we been brothers for? It's like, who the fuck yeah. talks like that? You know? No one. No one talks like that. And it's like, you know, some people, if you miss it, like, you might not be sure if Chuck and Jimmy are brothers. Um, the yeah. only indication we get that they're brothers is Chuck has a check on it. And it, it's from, you know, HHM. And it says to Chuck McGill. Chuck McGill. Yeah. Jimmy McGill. Oh, they're brothers. Yep. Right? Like. It's like little things like that that helps with not breaking the immersion because it's like yeah like like imagine if it was there was a show about about two friends and I'm like Wyatt come on man we've been friends for 35 years like w- like you think I would turn my back it's like who the fuck talks like that I don't that's so cartoony yeah you know? exactly so it's like that show and tell man mm-hmm. um Bob Odenkirk is magnetic charming hilarious. All in his opening scene. What a way to open his character. Like, yeah, like you go from him in the bathroom, it's showtime. And then and, and then the way he puts on a show in that courtroom, I'm like, this is fucking Saul Goodman right here, dude. Like Yeah. And that's one of the main problems with Better Call Saul though, that I had before I watched Better Call Saul, is I thought, who wants to watch a show about Saul? Like that lawyer from Breaking Bad. Yeah. He's he's goofy and he's kind of a like he's he's scummy, sure. Um, but like, yeah. give me a show about Mike or give me a show about Gus. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. what I was thinking when I heard they were making a Saul Goodman show, I was like, really him? Mm-hmm. Why? Why not do a Gus show? You know, even though we kind of already got everything we needed from his backstory or like, why not a Mike show or a Jesse show? But like Saul, that's what you're going but with? Then, it, like no one expects it. Like I've had several friends who are like, 
I'm not going to watch Better Call Saul. Who wants to watch that? You know, who wants to watch yeah. the show about that lawyer guy? And I tell them, no, once you watch it, you, it it might be better than Breaking Bad in yeah. your opinion, yeah. which it is. All right. And you know what's crazy? I came to the conclusion that it was better than Breaking Bad, like during season five for me. Yeah. Um, like, yep. I, don't, I, yep. don't think, I think Breaking Bad still might have like the more memorable peaks. But yeah, like the thing about me is like consistency. And I think Better Call Saul is more consistently excellent than Breaking Bad. Like, I think Breaking Bad season one and two, there's moments of like, of just like in season one, I feel like the show didn't know what it wanted to be. Like we have kind of like black comedy aspects of it. Um, we have kind of tonal issues. Um, you know, it was great. It was great television. Don't get me wrong. But I think with Better Call Saul, it knew what it wanted to be from the jump. And that yeah. kind of, like helped the writers fill in the blanks and like the direction is better. Um, the direction of the show, the actual directing, um, the camera work, the visual storytelling, the the writing, the like the writing of all the side characters is just like Walter and Jimmy might be on the same league, but in terms yeah. of the rest of the side cast like dude, like no like, like I love Mike and Breaking Bad, but is yeah. he really anything more than than cold badass henchman. Yeah, in Better Call Saul, he becomes so much more than what he was. Yeah. Like in season five, they showed a little bit of who Mike was yeah. in Breaking Bad. Yeah, in season yeah. five, he but then Better Call Saul, yeah, turned him into a three-dimensional character. Yeah, and, they built opinion, on it so good. So I don't know. I, okay, in terms of best written characters in the Breaking Bad universe, I think. The only people better than Mike are Saul, Kim, and Walter. I think he's better written yeah. than Jesse, than Gus. Ever like Mike yeah. is such a deep and fascinating character. That's the thing. He is. He Howard. is. Howard, like, dude, Chuck, Chuck, Howard, Nacho. Like, it's like, yeah, the, the writing is just on another level, dude. Like, I think. Yeah. Um. Okay, we see shades of Saul Goodman in this opening scene. A trickster who can spew out verbal diarrhea at light speed, and it's awesome to see him work. Uh, you know, the reveal of what Jimmy was defending is also hilarious. <laughs> they were like fucking oh, his yeah. head. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, an interesting side note, um, it's who Jimmy starts out defending in the pilot versus who he ends up def- uh, defending in season six. He goes from these innocent little kids, not, not mm-hmm. innocent, but harmless, to, right, like fucking mm-hmm. getting Lala Salamanca out of jail. And that's what gets money, you know? Yeah. You see, it shows like right there in the first episode. He the money is like his big problem. He's like throughout. I think most of the first episode, his problem. They show his car. They show him complaining about his pay to that yeah. lady. They say him show him complaining to Chuck about money. It's he, money, you yeah. know. It, crime pays from the moment uh, he gets into a shitty car. You sense the desperation he's feeling. Seeing him flip out over his $700 check and then seeing his crappy car, such a sad way to see Jimmy. Because, yep. especially compared to Better Call Saul, man, he was living good. Yeah. Um, there is a moment after the Kettleman's call Jimmy that you hear the desperation in his sighing and breathing. It hurts to see Jimmy in the state like, like this is like, you get the sense like this is like life or death. Yeah, like, like if he doesn't get this Kettleman deal, like it, like he's sleeping on the streets, which damn near yep. he might be. Um, and then just a little side note: how freaking awesome was it seeing Mike for the first time in the toll booth? <clears throat> oh yeah, dude, and you could tell it's him. You hear his voice. 
Five dollars. Did you think that um, Mike was going to be as integral to the story as he became? Because he was basically like the second protagonist for a yeah, while. Yeah, I. Yeah, I didn't. At first, I thought, okay, that was just a cool reference to have him be there. Mike was, you know, Mike didn't get anything to do until five zero, right? Or did he do yeah. anything before that? I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. He was just kind of there every once in a while. Saul would drive through that ticket and you, booth, and he'd give him shit at the toll booth. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a small moment and a comedic one, but um. Seeing Mike be a stickler for the rules will really help paint his character as we move forward in the decay of his morality. From upholding yep. the harmless rules of even a toll booth to murdering a man he looked at as a friend, which is Werner Ziegler. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy to see his starting point versus, like, his worst moment, you know? Yeah, he goes to the dark side, man, like, It's that, and it's sad. The, the first, what, two or three seasons, it's literally... It's Mike's speech all over to Walter about half measures. He's literally yep. doing half measures with Tuco, and yeah. and it doesn't end up working with Tuco. He tries. And to you see it. when he when he hurts that guy who broke into his house, mm-hmm. and that guy leaves. I, it's it's a little thing, but he goes in the bathroom and his hands shaking. Yeah, because he just hurt somebody. He's not he's not that kind of person anymore. You and know. Then, and then like and, and like the half measures where he uh, he. He's trying to ruin Lalo's drug trade, and he gets the driver killed mm-hmm. uh, inadvertently. And then um, uh, he, an innocent bystander, tries to tries to help, and he, that person mm-hmm. gets killed. It's like, and he goes to the work to dig that guy up to yeah. find him, so the police yeah. can find him. Have, the problem is, you chose a half measure, Walter, when you should have yeah. gone all the way. So it's like, yeah, you know, like it's just crazy to see the lengths Mike goes through to not murder, you know, comparing how he starts to where he ends up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next, we move on to, uh, to Saul's meeting with the Kettlemans. The Kettlemans are incredibly infuriating, but so freaking hilarious. Those actors all deserve rewards. <laughs> Betsy is a top-tier uh, character. She's fucking annoying, dude. Yeah, she, she is. She's fucking annoying, dude, but she she is so funny. She is so infuriating, like, how she just refuses to, like, take any accountability. Just like, I wanted to punch the screen watching her, dude. Yeah. Um, It's sad to see Saul's desperate situation during this meeting. The man is on the verge of having a mental breakdown watching the Kettleman sign his contract. You can feel the sense of desperation and being on his last leg. If he doesn't get this, he dies. Mm-hmm. He's not eating. Now, it may not be that bad, obviously, but Odenkirk's performance makes us feel like this could be life or death for him. And uh, seeing the Kettleman's turn him down sucked. The look on his face said it all. He was crushed. Yeah, it was like thirst. Like, he needed a drink. He needed something. Everything in his life, like, is going down. Like, literally, you know, we talked about this last time, but it reminds me... So much of Spider-Man 2. Like, why do we love Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Or Spider-Man in general. It's because he's the underdog. And that's the way Saul is painted here. Like, the whole world is just shitting on him relentlessly. Um, non-stop. Like, it's just, he, he just L after L after L. And when, when you see underdogs like that, like, it helps you, like, bond with them. Like, you want to see Jimmy get a win, dude. Like, just one freaking win, bro. Uh, yeah. And that, I think that's why, like, we we love Jimmy so much. Like, 
we forget mm-hmm. Saul Goodman's even a thing, dude. Like watching yeah. this episode, like yeah. this is a whole new character that we don't really know. Yep. You know, I for, I completely forget who he becomes. I just. Yeah. I, I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't yeah. do the wrong thing. But I know <laughs> in the end he's gonna become Saul. Yeah. Um next we move on to the infamous skater twins. You can't scam the scammer. Um, you know, trying to pull one over on Jimmy. I just love how mm-hmm. smart he is. He knows right away that they're trying to fuck him. Like he's yep. he's just too good. Um I love the foreshadowing of one of the twins screaming his leg is broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh I love seeing Jimmy's intellect. He figured out that it was a scam quick. One thing Jimmy refuses to be is a sucker, which is one of the things that really pushes his character forward, where he refuses to be the butt of anybody's joke or to be just be a sucker like his dad. Like it's yeah, weird. it's it's really like good character work that you don't pick up on until later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he 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 wants he wants like recognition, you know, mm-hmm. but like. At the same time, he wants money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the bitch, ain't it? Um, yeah. Next, we move on to the legendary nail salon. Our boy Jimmy can't even get some cucumber water. <laughs> like, all of the L's that Jimmy keeps taking reminds me, like I said, of Spider-Man 2. Going through all the low struggles and hardships with our main character really helps build a bond and connection with Jimmy. When he struggles, I struggle. At this point, we just want Jimmy to get a win. Well, why not? He deserves it. The show is slowly building Jimmy out to be an underdog, and who doesn't love an underdog? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, our boy is working out of out of and living in the back of a nail salon. Depressing. Um, these are the roots of our underdog. Seeing him basically pray that he has messages on his answering machine just adds another layer to Jimmy's low point and desperation. Like, yeah, dude. Like, go ahead, go ahead. He needs. He needs money. He needs. He he's tired of being at the bottom. You know he he yeah. can't stand it. He can't yeah. stand being who he is right now. Um, you know, show don't tell. A lesser show would have had Jimmy vent his frustrations to a friend or have someone point mm-hmm. out how Jimmy is feeling. Thankfully, none of that is present here. The writers really like respect their audience to kind of come to these conclusions on their own. It's it says. It's something as small as Jimmy, just the way he's looking at the contract, like the way, you know, him praying to his fucking answering machine. Like it's all these little things that just build yeah. up over time that just add to Jimmy's like desperation. Um, now we cut to Jimmy arriving at HHM again, show don't tell Jimmy giving a quick glance at that dented trash can tells us everything we need to know. He's been here mm-hmm. before. He's ta- he's, Obviously, whatever happened here is not good. Like, yeah, you know, he he's the one who tore up that trash can. Yeah. Um, and something is happening here that is upsetting Jimmy. Um, in the span of a minute, we see Jimmy McGill, a desperate man who's hanging on by a thread to Saul Goodman, the showman, the man who cannot be stopped and doesn't take no for an answer. Very early on, we established the dual personalities of Jimmy, who he really is and who he projects to the world is armor. So what I mean by that is we go from literally the scene right before him in his office to him looking at that trash can to boom, you will atone. Yeah. And the way he's just putting on a show, like it's like in literally in the span of a minute, we have two different sides of this character. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I just put like Kim, you know, Howard, awesome to see them, you know, how they would have a major impact later on. Uh, okay. Um, oh, okay. So early on, did anybody wonder about Howard's intentions? Uh, with how the show has made us care for Jimmy, we are inclined to lean towards Jimmy and see Howard as a man who only cares about his firm. He doesn't want to pay out Chuck. He doesn't give a shit about him, about beating whatever it is he has. Does he truly value Chuck as a mentor? Um, I wasn't sure about that, but there is a scene in season three that puts all that to bed. I can't wait to get to it. So, uh, the scene I'm referring to, which I had told you about, uh, was when Chuck told Howard that he was going to sue him. Chuck does this, like the acting was so good. Like, like there's so much good acting on the show that a lot of good acting goes under the radar, but there was a scene with Patrick Fabian, like after Chuck tells him that he looks at Chuck, like his mouth is open. You see the tears in his eyes. His eyes are swelling up. And, like, he gives him that look, like, like I don't even know who you are anymore. Like, you could tell his heart was breaking that mm. the man that he values so much would betray him like this. And yep. um, at first, I really didn't know how to feel about Howard because I think the show was inclined to push him towards kind yeah. of being a douchebag, like a snobby yeah. douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, That's what I thought. I thought the same thing. I thought he was just, you know... Just, just the villain. I thought he was going to be the villain. Mm-hmm. He ended up being the victim. But at the same time, though, like, like you have to be held accountable for your actions. Because yes, Chuck was the one pulling the strings, but he's a grown man, dude. He didn't mm-hmm. have to go along with what Chuck wanted, you know. Um, to add insult to injury of Jimmy's issues, now the Kettlemans are going with Howard. And then, boom, finally a brief moment of catharsis. Jimmy taking it all out on that trash can. The world will just mm-hmm. not stop coming down on him. You know, literally just the whole episode has been building to him beating the shit out of this trash can, man. And and what a scene, the way they frame it, man. It's so good. And then the very next scene, oh my gosh, that shot, the scene. Kim and Jimmy sharing that cigarette. Show, don't tell. So much is told here through the simple exchange between these two. Um, you know, them two sharing an addiction, you you mm-hmm. get that sense that they're friends, they're close, they've been friends for a long time. Like, can, could you just, no, but, 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 you know, I can't like, you know, like we don't, they don't expi- explicitly say what they're referring to, but we can kind of piece it together ourselves. Like, this is like what good writing is, man. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just, ah, man. Um, what are your thoughts on that scene? I think it shows that Kim is the only one that's outside. Like, she has a different perspective. She's outside of everything. She sees the other side of Jimmy mm-hmm. that no one else sees. She sees, everybody sees his desperate... Everybody sees yeah. flipping Jimmy. She sees just Jimmy. Like, she she knows yeah. what a sweet person he is and can be. Um, yep. And... Uh, you know, a small detail that I liked was at the end of the scene, we see Kim picking up the garbage can that Jimmy kicked, indicative of Kim's nature, cleaning up after Jimmy being there for him, being the one that has to mm-hmm. clean up his messes because time and time again, Jimmy fucks up and Kim pays for it. Yep, and that was a whole reference, like the whole series, she's cleaning up his messes for him. Yep, like when he was throwing the, the bottles over the roof and the next day, yep. well, she was a part of it too, but she's the one who cleans it up. And then later on, yeah. when her character's really shifted and they do that again, she just leaves it there. Like, yep. yeah, like little little details like that, man, is what makes this show so good. Like, there's so much 
because after this point, I think the, the character work is kind of over, right? Then we get into yeah. like, like my only issue with with the plot or with this first episode, but like everything up to this point, do we haven't even talked about uh, him and Chuck, like their first meeting together? But um, yeah, just establishing that dynamic with Chuck is so good, mm-hmm. um, and the, his dynamic with Kim, with Howard, how he sees Howard as an adversary, and Kim's there in his moments of weakness to kind of console him, them sharing the cigarette, the, the, the garbage can, like so much work has been done. And it, it's insane, dude. Like, I really think this pilot might yeah. be better than Breaking Bad's. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I do. I agree. I agree. I prefer Better Call Saul's pilot over Breaking Bad's. Like, And the thing that they show also is, so everybody's telling him, oh, you need to be this good lawyer. You need to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. But he's not seeing the reward yeah. when he does be the good lawyer. He gets no reward for it. Yep. When the other way around, when he's not being the good lawyer that everybody tells him, he gets rewarded. He gets money. He gets power. Mm-hmm. So, so next is, okay, we get to the scam portion. And, like, the only criticism I have of this is that it it sticks out a lot. When you compare the writing that comes later where everything is so, everything makes so much sense. Nothing is left to chance. Everything is indicative of the characters and how they behave. And it comes natural. The one issue I have is that out of all the cars in Albuquerque, it was Tuco's Abuelita. You know? Yeah, okay. and you you know that's the writers fighting with their Breaking Bad cells. They're thinking, okay, well, where's the action with this? Yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll have Tuco show up at the end. Mm-hmm. There's the action from Breaking Bad. But then they realized after they did that, we don't need, we don't need this action. Like, you have, you have to involve the cartel side of Breaking Bad. Right, to because mm-hmm. we have to intertwine these stories, and I get that. Yeah, but how do you do it in a clean and neat way? Everything that comes after this is obviously amazing, right? But it's just like the first introduction into the cartel world is so, so cartoonish and finicky and yeah. bullshit. You know, now that I think about it, how they could have done it, I think they could have had it go through Mike. I think it could have been Mike that ends up introducing Jimmy to the cartel world instead of Jimmy so happened to, to run into Tuco, you know, and the whole thing with Nacho. I think it could have been it could have gone through Mike, you know, instead of that whole coincidence. Though? How does Mike get involved? That's a good that that is true, so but like, I think they could have found a better way though than think, like with Mike. Like. I think the first season is like perfectly written, man. Like the character work, mm-hmm. the plot, like everything is perfectly written except for this one moment. Like, and it's yeah. a, and it's a big moment because it literally it, it kickstarts right like the Jimmy's involvement, mm-hmm. Jimmy's introduction into the cartel world. Um, but it, it it's not clean, man. And when you're used to the, I mean, look at all look at the peak writing that we just got, right? This is one of those things yeah. that feels like from a lesser show. And I hate to say it, but this is right in line with what would have happened in Barry season four. Like with Jim leaving a serial killer in his garage like that, this is like on the same level. Yeah. I'm very glad that the writers realized they didn't need 
that kind of like what they what they did with Tuco. Right, because they didn't episode, need that. Because Miho is fucking intense, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like that's the thing, you know. At first, because I think as fans, sometimes like especially these kids on TikTok, they get caught up with, oh man, you know, he's so complex and <clears throat> he has like the deepest writing and <clears throat> and all that stuff, you know. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sure, complexity is nice depth is nice sure but like not everything has to be that and i think duco is the perfect example of he's a fucking drug addict he's insane and Mm -hmm. he's still even with all those attributes he'll outshine any deep and super thought-provoking villain because yeah the way um you know the actor's name raymond cruz the way he fucking commands the screen. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? But fine, mm-hmm. fine. The way he commands the screen, like, is like unlike any other person. Like, it's Dude, different from yeah. Lalo. Like, Lalo gives me the gives me panic attacks too, but in a different way. Tuco is so fucking insane, dude. And Vince, after season one, he wanted Tuco for another two seasons, and I see why. Yeah, I see why he wanted more Tuco, because he's just so good. But I yes, but I don't think a villain like that should could have stayed that long. Yeah, like he he's good for what he served a purpose, but you after a while you do need like those more deeper thought provoking villains like a Gus. Like, and even yeah, Lalo, like Gus, yeah. Lalo's a great villain in his own right, mm-hmm. in, a di- in a whole different way. Because there's more to good writing than having a character have like a million different themes, you know? Like, yeah. it, it's also about the way they're portrayed, the, the way they're written in the sense of like, you know, Lalo was portrayed as a fucking boogeyman in season six, dude. Yeah. And, um, but anyways, like we're getting off, off topic, right? But yeah, like that's like the only flaw. I mean, I guess you could say it's a big flaw. It's just like, it feels like, something out of a lesser show like the mm-hmm. way it happened out of chance out of all the cars Duco's abuelita mm-hmm. had to drive the same one out of all the people they could have accidentally scammed it was of the course grandmother of the i'm just realizing this now but when i first watched i was hyped when i saw Tuco. Oh, fuck yeah dude <laughs> yeah yeah dude i yeah. was hyped i dude i that literally caught me off guard dude like how how could you expect it to be him you yep. know what i mean so that's like this is one of those things you re- recognize like after your like third rewatch you say oh you know that's kind of yeah. not really what the show is later on it th- yeah. it doesn't really fit right with Better Call Saul yeah because it just it's just like you know the the show is so excellently written uh, written work every loose end is tied up every character has a perfect resolution every you know everything is just perfect but this one mm-hmm. moment. And you had to introduce Jimmy to the cartel side. I don't know how you could have done it better. I don't claim to know how to do it better, but it, that's just not it. Like it was just, yeah. it was just too, too lucky. Like this show doesn't believe in luck. I think you know everything happens because the characters push the narrative forward. Yeah, that felt like something out of like Barry. Like oh, it happens to be Tuco. Yeah, standing. Yeah, because in Barry, they've established in that world that mm-hmm. Barry gets a lot of bullshit luck. Yeah, but even the bullshit luck makes sense for the most part. Like I told you, like how everything got pinned on that on that uh, fucking moron um, uh, meathead, right? It makes yeah. sense, right? Like, it, it, but okay. like with Better Call Saul, it's not like that. Yeah. You know, it's not like Barry. It's yeah. not coincidentally Tuco. Tuco's you right. know, yeah. 
But other than that, man, like, okay, you know, final thoughts on the on Better Call Saul's pilot. Anything you want to add to it? Not really, no. Yeah. I just think it's one of the best pilots. I agree with you. It is one of the best pilots. You Absolutely. Know? Um, you know, if people want to say Breaking Bad is better, I could see why, you know. It, it's definitely more exciting. And I, yeah. th- I think if it wasn't following Breaking Bad... I don't think the writers could have taken some of the chances that they did because mm-hmm. um, any other uh, show, you know, that's not pre-established, the studio is going to be like, we got to hook the viewers in somehow. So we need yep. something here. So I don't think breaking or better call Saul could have taken some of these chances without it following breaking bad. And I think a yeah. lot of people yeah. wanted breaking bad and were turned off by it. Um, because yeah. How I, the series is kind of slow in season one, you know, it's very but slow. I, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's slow in season one, but yeah, they probably would have not. They definitely would have not gotten the viewers if it weren't for Breaking Bad. You it know, would have been a more Breaking Bad type intro. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, the opening shots like Walt driving a van with two dead people in it. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yep. But yeah, I mean, to me, it's one of like the five greatest pilots of all time. I think it's up there with some of the best. Um, it's a great intro, man. It really sets the groundwork for Jimmy. It sets, like, and you don't know what you're watching with Kim yet, but looking back on it with what we know, it really, really established your character very well. Same with Chuck. Yeah. Same with, um, even with Mike. Those That small little moment with Mike, it really, like, gave insight into what his character would become later. Um, just these little tidbits that I just think overall make up one of the best pilots, even with that kind of... Yeah writing flaw it's still it's just amazing to me so and that shows why it's like one of the best series the like best, ever the best in yeah my opinion. like yeah it is yeah it's my number one same dude same um but yeah no i mean that's that's pretty much it so uh thank you guys for tuning in uh to the first episode of full measures it's a lot of fun it's a long one but next week we'll come back uh, discuss the Ted Lasso finale. Um, we're going to discuss Silo, and we might start a new show. See what else is popping. We'll start watching that. But uh, yeah, no. Make sure to follow us on our socials. Uh, links are everything's linked in. Um, Badger Boy TV on TikTok, yep. and then you guys know me. So uh, yeah, guys, make sure to you know give us a good rating if you can. And thank you guys for tuning in. So appreciate it.